This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. Even if work is still mostly online, networking opportunities are still, I think, going to be very concentrated in those metro areas and hubs. And of course, we don't have to live in those hubs to access those opportunities. But I wouldn't just discount the big city advantages altogether in terms of career opportunity. family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we are going to do three things. First, we're going to answer a question from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community about moving away from the big city when you're ready to start a family. Second, we are going to answer another question about how to get your partner on board with FIRE. That's financial independence, retire early. Sticky subject, huh? Cool, fun. And last but not least, my daughter Zoe's going to join me for another money quiz, and she's going to read our review of the month. All right, let's jump into today's show. I received a question from Anonymous on Instagram, at Andy Hill MKM. You guys can hit me up there as well. Here is that question. My husband and I are considering leaving San Francisco and moving somewhere that's more reasonable to live. We're ready to start a family and can work remote for our jobs, so location is not an issue. There are a lot of emotions tied up with moving because we've been here for a while. What are pros and cons with leaving? What should we be thinking about financially with our move? That's from Anonymous. Anonymous, thank you so much for reaching out. Yeah, that's that's pretty heavy. A lot of things going on, a lot of emotions flying there. So if you guys have a question like Anonymous, you can touch base with me via voicemail, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail, which is fun to hear on a podcast or on social media at Andy Hill MKM. That's Twitter, Instagram, not really going on Facebook very much. But anyway, Anonymous, thank you so much for sending this over. This is a big, big decision. And to help me with this big, big decision, I've enlisted some help from a personal finance expert who I know that knows a bit about big city life. And I'm excited to be joined by the host of Real Simple Magazine's new podcast called Money Confidential. And that host is Stephanie O'Connell Rodriguez. Stephanie's work and advice has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, CNBC, USA Today, and much, much more. For those of you who have been longtime listeners, you may remember that we had Stephanie on the show in 2019 discussing how she paid for her $40,000 wedding without debt, which was cool. If you want to check out that show, you can go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 154. I'm happy to have Stephanie back on the show today. Welcome, Stephanie. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know, some of these questions come in and I can always make my best stab at it, but man, I love being connected with all these cool people like you who've got some personal experience with this. So let's talk about you're a New Yorker uh, and you had some of these situations. What are some pros and cons with leaving a big city like San Francisco? Well, I think the biggest thing that's really obvious right off the bat with this question is just the 
pro of reducing your cost of living. And that's always the number one thing people say when you talk about living in a place like San Francisco or New York or LA. It's like, oh my goodness, the cost of living. And so obviously bringing that cost down is a huge, huge pro. That said, to me, I think we have to contextualize cost of living with value. So what does that cost actually afford you? And for different people who have different values, there is no one right answer. I'm always of the belief that it's not better to live in a big city or it's not necessarily better to not live in a big city or a suburb or whatever it is. I'm not even saying that there's the right answer for a single person. I think These answers are so totally based on not just us as individuals, but us as individuals and our values and our needs in a certain moment in time in our lives. And that's what makes these questions so difficult to grapple with. I'm sure that's something you've grappled with too, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Big opportunities for new jobs, maybe in different cities. And yeah, and then maybe moving to those cities would be financially difficult, but there's lots of great things that come with that new opportunity new experiences, things that I may have not had in my, you know, in my town. So it's the opposite right now for anonymous, but yeah, no one size fits all. And you can tell from the question here that it doesn't seem like a, I'm doing this. It's a lot of emotions. I'm not really sure where to go. Are you seeing that too? Absolutely. And you know what? That's totally reasonable, especially for someone who's put down roots in a place because there are costs that you incur even if you reduce your total cost of living, not just the cost of moving. But for example, for Anonymous who's thinking about starting a family, the cost of not being close to your own existing network can actually be quite large if you have people close to you who could help you in moments of need for things like childcare for example, versus you might be in a different town or city or state. But if you have no social infrastructure and community there, the cost of having to basically outsource everything while you build out that community can be quite high. So I think there's a lot of hidden costs as well. And the other thing that I think is really interesting right now is, you know, there's this this huge shift to remote work, and that kind of enables a lot more geographic independence. But I am a little bit skeptical that this is going to be like a permanent shift away from big cities because how many people do we know nowadays who stay in the same job and career for 40 years? Almost nobody, right? And let's say you're pivoting, even if work is still mostly online, networking opportunities are still, I think, going to be very concentrated in those metro areas and hubs. And of course, we don't have to live in those hubs to access those opportunities. But I wouldn't just discount the big city advantages altogether in terms of career opportunity. One thing that I read into this question was, do people need to leave the big city if they're considering being parents? I remember when we had kids, and maybe this is just me being funny here, but like I remember when we had kids It was one of those things where we need to get a bigger house. We don't because it's just a tiny little thing and they don't go anywhere and they need like like a corner for a big period of time. So if you're not pregnant and you haven't even delivered the baby yet, there's still some time to make this decision. I mean, do you agree? 
Oh, absolutely. You know, when I think about my own family planning and, and to be totally transparent, I don't have kids. But when I think about it, I always think of it through the framework of, oh, I can certainly stay in a one bedroom apartment for at least the next three years by the time if I were to get pregnant tomorrow and then have a two year old in an apartment. But I'm like really okay with small living. And this is, again, a matter of value systems, right? You know, so so for people like me who really would prefer to be able to walk everywhere rather than have my own backyard. Yeah, city makes sense. But if you feel claustrophobic, then maybe not so much. But obviously, these people are already in San Francisco. They clearly have an affinity for that lifestyle. And so I think it's, I think there's so much bias when we talk about the money aspect of these things to just like optimize for the bottom line above all else. But I don't think we should be totally convinced that just because something might be cheaper or more affordable, that it's automatically the best decision for us. Of course, cost matters, but it's not the only factor. Yeah, I think that's really important because you might be solving one problem with the cost, but creating five more without a network, or maybe maybe they have family in San Francisco to help out as well. So let's assume Anonymous is like, okay, guys, I hear you, but we're moving. <laughs> we're going to go do this thing. How can she financially prepare for what's coming up? What are the things that they need to be thinking about? Other than the obvious things like moving costs, I think that's also just really important to think about like what are the other kind of costs that you're going to incur? If you're in a city right now, do you currently have a car or do you usually use public transit? That's not just a one-time cost. That's that's a changing recurring cost. And I think those are like the really big impact items you need to consider. Same with thinking about how you're moving from state to state or city to city, how is that going to affect your taxes and how you optimize your finances? We talked a little bit about the network and and any additional costs that may be, okay, you're not nearby friends now, so you need to maybe outsource more things. Those are, again, some potential recurring costs. I am also very much personally a fan of exploration and not necessarily committing to things before I'm fully certain. So if I were going to make a cross-country move, I would not start out by buying a home. I would start out by either subletting or renting something because then I have the flexibility. If I don't like it, if it's not a fit, I can try something else. I think we often think about our lives after a certain point. Like when we get to a certain age, let's say 30, or we have a kid, or it's like we kind of put this pressure on ourselves to make decisions that are going to be more permanent. And I understand that, but I think it's really important that we maintain a sense of exploration, especially in a case like this, where a lot still isn't very clear. And maybe you really just need to get a little bit more information And the way you're going to be able to get that information is by adapting this kind of more exploratory and flexible attitude. I really like that idea, especially if they're able to work remote, maybe just exploring a little bit of the country and trying some things out, maybe Airbnb in a little bit and going around the country and seeing, well, I kind of like this place. I kind of like that place. My brother, who's from L.A., wanted to make this move. They decided over about a year span to travel to all 48 states just because they had the time and they were able to work remote. And over that time, they found that they wanted to move to South Carolina because they visited all these different places and decided that Greenville was the place they wanted to be. So maybe a bit of just taking some time to search if you're able to work remote, trying different things out. I love that. And especially since there isn't the kid factor just yet, 
this is such a unique opportunity. You can work remotely. You can find those communities that work for you. You can what I'm noticing about this story is there's a lot of ambivalence. And I think the response to ambivalence is just getting more information. And so I love your brother's story. And it's like totally in alignment with my approach to life. And I think that's something that I think all of us could take a lesson from for sure. Well, let's say they are preparing, they're going to do their thing, leaving a job. You know, if that becomes part of the solution, have you had any conversations with people or any advice for people if they're going to say, hey, I need to make a career change? What are those types of things that they need to prepare for financially? So when people are thinking about shifting their career, this is, again, one of those things where I find that the approach tends to be a little bit like black and white. It's I'm going to do something else and thus I need to quit my job immediately as opposed to let me put out feelers. Let me explore some things maybe in tandem with the job I'm currently doing so that by the time I do leave that job behind, I actually have a better sense of where I want to go. Now, on top of that, of course, having not only emergency savings, but also short-term savings on top of those emergency savings is going to provide additional flexibility and additional breathing room. And you also have to account for the fact that, you know, if you do quit a job before a new job starts or a new business venture really starts earning out money, that is also time that you may be paying for your health insurance out of pocket. That's also time that you might not have an employer making retirement contributions for you. And so I think we really need to think about the impact on our total wealth and not just our income if we're considering making a switch. I think this is great. Anonymous, we've given you a lot to think about here. You know, maybe, you know, looking at some of the takeaways, some adventure, maybe looking into different places to go, realizing maybe what you have already, where you are and embracing that. And then, you know, I guess, yeah, taking a look and seeing what's out there and seeing if you did make the move, what are the pros and the cons and kind of weighing all those things out because this is a big deal. And to Stephanie's point, we get to these points in our life where, hey, we're going to create a family. It doesn't have to be all these permanent deals. Just because you're moving doesn't mean you need to buy something or maybe you want to just test the waters or try it out. And I, I really like the sentiment, Stephanie. It doesn't need to be permanent. These are little baby steps you can make to find that perfect place for you and your spouse. So Stephanie, you are all about these candid confidential conversations with real people. Tell us about this new podcast that is out and it's exciting for people. So tell us about it. What can they expect? Absolutely. Yes, this is a new podcast from Real Simple Magazine called Money Confidential. And basically, we are talking every week with a listener. So we are hearing about their real money story. I just spoke to somebody yesterday who has credit card debt and she hasn't told her boyfriend about it. And the thing is, she told her boyfriend about it three years ago when it happened and he helped her pay it off, but she's back in the situation again. And so what I'm really enjoying about these stories is that that is really emotional and that is a lot 
more to deal with than just dollars and cents. And that's what we're digging into in these conversations is not just the financial strategies, which we do get into because in the second half of every episode, I have an expert on just like we had a conversation here today to talk through some of those strategies. But we also talk through why is this happening? What is this pattern of behavior? What are the thoughts that are leading to the same situations and outcomes over and over again? And what else do we need to do besides optimizing our budget and our debt payoff plan and our investing strategy to make sure we have better financial outcomes going forward. I love that. I love that format too. You're helping somebody in the beginning and then, you know, maybe getting another opinion on how to handle it. Kind of like what we did today. So it's very cool. If you guys are interested in a new podcast, I am really a big fan of what Stephanie's doing out there. She's doing some fantastic work, really helping people with their situations and realizing, I really like how you made this point earlier, that everybody's situation is different the black and white answer of saying, do this. And if you don't do it, it's dumb. It's just old school and it doesn't work. Everything has a unique situation. So she's listening and she's helping people out in their unique situation. So Stephanie, where can people find this podcast? Yeah, so you can search for Money Confidential wherever you get your podcasts and go to realsimple.com for more on the podcast and more. Excellent. Well, I'll put that information in the show notes, everybody. Check out this podcast. Type it into your podcast player. We're excited about uh, Stephanie's new adventure here. Thank you so much for your time, Stephanie. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsor. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan 
above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello. Let's jump back into the show. Our second question of the month comes in from Andy, which is a really great name, by the way. (laughs) And here it goes. Hi, Andy. My name is also Andy, which we've covered. I invest in Vanguard index funds, and I'm pursuing financial independence to retire early. I'm trying to get my fiance on board with the goal to achieve FIRE. Do you have any advice on how to go about doing that when your partner doesn't seem too interested? Thank you, Andy J. Well, he's clarifying Andy J. I'm Andy H. He's Andy J. Anyway, Andy J., congratulations on finding the FIRE movement and committing to improving your financial life. While I love the concept of FIRE, and it's often misunderstood based on the retire early part, getting someone you love on board with what can seem like a radical concept can be quite difficult, especially in our society. I made many, many, many blunders with this situation in my relationship. Here are just a few. Number one, encouraging my new wife, I think we were married for maybe six months, to sell her car that she absolutely loved. Number two, continuing to talk about numbers, facts, and figures when my wife wasn't really motivated by them. And then number three, pressing hard for financial independence when I really wasn't liking my job and then ignoring my wife's needs and ending up in marriage counseling for it. Now, I'm not saying that financial independence and FIRE is a bad idea. In fact, I think it's a fantastic idea. If executed in accordance with what works best for your relationship. Because I suspect you love your fiancé more than you love being able to achieve financial independence. So let's talk about how to choose your path together. That may look like the traditional FIRE path, or it may be your own unique version that works well for you and your fiancé. I think when we look at our finances in a black or white way, it can cause a lot of tension. But if we recognize and realize that there are a thousand shades in between, I think we can find our own version, our own unique happiness. So with that in mind, I have a few ideas for you to try, Andy J. Number one, ask your fiance some fun questions. Since you two are entering into a lifelong partnership together, I'd recommend finding out as much as you can about your fiancé's dreams, passions, and desires for life. With this information, you'll be able to be a more empathetic partner and perhaps find a middle ground for a version of financial independence that works best for both of you. So during your next date night, not in passing, ask your fiancé some fun life questions. Here are a few to get the ball rolling. Number one, what do you spend your money on that makes you happy? Hmm. This question will give you a preview into your partner's passions and what makes them smile. These could be indicators for you, Andy, on what your fiance's must-haves are in your relationship. 
If you come up to your partner when you're planning your fire journey and say, we need to cut out clothes shopping, and they actually love clothes shopping, well, this can spell disaster for your relationship and your chances at financial independence. All right, the second question, number two, if you had $1 million and had to give it away, what would you do with it? Your partner's answer to this question reveals where their passions lie. Are they all about family? Are they all about saving the planet? With financial independence, these dreams for giving back your time and money may become more of a reality. Also, see how you can incorporate a small version of this passion of your fiancé's today. It doesn't have to be, hey, when we reach financial independence, we'll do this. What can we do today? So you're seeping that fun, seeping that passion, seeping that togetherness in today. And the third question, what are your dreams for life? That's a big one, right? You're getting married because you love your fiance and you want the best for them. Together, you are going to be enhanced versions of yourselves and go where you've never gone before. So where is that place for your partner? Where's this dream? Where is this destination? Do they want to travel the world? Are they interested in having a bunch of kids and being involved in their activities and sports? Do they want to own a business someday? All of these questions will lead to eye-opening and incredible conversations that start your marriage off on the right foot. The openness, transparency, and honesty that comes with these discussions will hopefully lead to a great start to your lifelong partnership together. And a more directed conversation around what financial independence means to both of you. All right, after asking some of those questions and learning a little bit more, let's jump on to number two. Number two, share your passions and desires as well. Using these same questions, Andy, or additional ones that make sense for your relationship, share your passions for life as well. Help your partner know where you stand, what you care about, and why it's important to you. This open communication is going to do wonders for your long-term relationship together. When you're sharing, leave out the numbers, spreadsheets, and compound interest charts. Speak from your heart, Andy. Perhaps you're working in an industry you don't like and you want to transition out. Or you've got a small business idea in mind that you are dying to get off the ground. Suppressing your desires isn't healthy for your relationship either. Believe me, I have done that as well. That's how you create a future volcano that explodes when you least expect it. (laughs) Speaking from experience here. So share with your fiance just as they have shared with you. This is when the real conversations of fire begin. Number three, redefine fire with both of you in mind. With this newfound information on both sides, I'd like you to throw out the fire playbook and write your own script. That's right. Get rid of some of the fire classics you've heard of cutting the cord on cable or buying rental properties or shopping at Aldi because your fiance might love cable TV. They might never want to own a rental property and they may be a diehard Whole Foods person or maybe you are. So craft your own plan with your fiance's needs and your needs in mind. I'll give you an example. 
When Nicole and I were working together to help me transition out of my career and into a life of entrepreneurship, I brought up that having a cleaning lady come once a month seemed like a waste of money and we should cut it out of our budget. Oh man, was that a bad move? (laughs) Nicole absolutely loved, and still does, that type of help around the house. She craves a tidy, clean, and orderly home. So when I threatened that tidy, clean, and orderly home with my budget crunching, that did not go over well. That was one of her must-haves. Those must-haves are different for all relationships. And I bet you, Andy, you've got your own must-haves as well. For me, I love having money for vacations, kids' activities, and certain expensive health foods. (laughs) And I could care less about clothing, furniture, or even cars. So do this discovery and create a plan that works best for both of you. All right, let's do a quick recap on those three points. Number one, ask your fiance some fun questions. Number two, share your passions and desires as well. And then number three, redefine fire, financial independence, with both of you in mind. I've spoken to dozens of couples about their fire path, their plans, their victories, and their failures. One resounding theme from most all of them was they wish they hadn't been so intense and raced to the finish line as quickly as they did. So as you're planning your path to fire, whether it's investing in the stock market or real estate or eliminating expenses that are unnecessary that you both feel are unnecessary in your life, make sure you're putting your relationship first so that you have someone to actually enjoy your financial independence with. I hope this advice helps you, Andy. If you have a question like Andy J., please reach out to me via voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. Or you can touch base with me on any social platform at Andy Hill MKM. That's at Andy Hill MKM. I would love to hear from you and help you on your family's financial independence journey. This show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do one quick thing to support this show. Please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help more people to find this show. To encourage you to leave a review for the show, each month we do a book giveaway. So we received three reviews since last month's book giveaway offer. As a reminder, this quarter we're going to be giving away three books from past podcast guests. The first one is Own Your Future by Echo Huang. The second one is The Family Board Meeting by Jim Shields. And the last one is 99-Minute Millionaire by Scott Allen Turner. And to help me pick the winner this week, I've got the one and only, the super cool, the awesome, my assistant, Zoe Hill. How you doing, baby? Oh, she's gargling water. (laughs) How's it going, Zoe? Good. (laughs) She needed to freshen up her throat just to kind of loosen the pipes, right? Yeah. So you're able to talk. Yeah, I see. So, Zoe, before we go for that review... 
Do you want to do another money quiz? <laughs> She's a fish today, everybody. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's jump into it. All right, everybody, if you haven't listened to this show before, let me explain the rules of the money quiz. We've done it for the past couple of months. The rules are, I'm going to give Zoe three questions. I'm just going to read them to her. And then for every question she answers correctly, I am going to give her a dollar. $10,000. $10,000. Well, now you're getting a little greedy. What? Just $1. Okay. Is going to be all that I can provide. I bet your brother would do it for a quarter. <laughs> Dollar? Deal? Dollar. Okay, deal. All right, let's jump into the first question. Drum roll, please. Question one. This past week, Zoe, you went shopping at Target with your daddy, and you yep. used your debit card, and you got a receipt for your purchase. Yep. Why is it good to keep your receipt? It's good to keep your receipt because... If something doesn't turn out or it's broken or you don't like it, you can use the receipt to turn it back in. But if you don't have a receipt and you know you want it, then you have to keep it. I love that answer. Correct, Zoe. The answer one is correct. Way to go. It's a gargling happy moment here, everybody. Very good. (laughs) All right, let's move on to question number two. Mommy and daddy limit your bigger purchases to one per month. Why do we do that? Well, if I get like five big things each day, then I won't play with the first, second, or third, or fourth thing I had. I would play with the one I got recently. And in like the third, fourth, the third, second, and fourth, they would just be sitting there. So you're sitting around. And then and then after a while, we would just have a bunch of stuff sitting around, right? Yeah. And then we just have piles of stuff. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And would mommy like piles of stuff in her house? Mm-mm. <laughs> no, she would not. <laughs> what does mommy think about piles of stuff? She calls it a pig pen. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, I think that answer is correct. Zoe, congratulations. Another dollar for you. You have $2 out of the $2 available. Congratulations. All right. Question number three. In the book, If You Made a Million by David Schwartz, he says, enjoying your work is more important than money. Do you think that's true? And if so, why? I think it is true because if you get money and you spend it right away on something, you might not have any money in the future and you could be poor with no house, no food, no water, and nothing like that. And if you save, you could have everything. Yeah, if you could save. How about the work portion of of the statement here? Enjoying your work is more important than money. Well, money is something that you can spend on stuff. And enjoying your work, it's like you make new friends doing your work. You have fun doing it instead of just like, oh, I want the money really bad. I'm just going to do it. I think that's great. Yeah. So your work can provide you happiness and enjoyment and fulfillment. 
I think that's fantastic, Zoe. Congratulations. I think the number three is another correct answer, Zoe. Congratulations. You got all three correct, and you now have three more dollars in your life. Do you prefer... I used to physically give you dollars, but now we got this whole digital thing with the bank account. Does it feel not as fun if I'm not handing you money? Or are you okay with me just transferring $3 into your account? Transferring. You like the transferring? Because you have your own debit card now? Yes, transferring. Transferring. What do you think about the difference between what we did with the cash and the bank account? Do you miss the jars or do you like the digital jars? Digital jars. Digital jars just makes it easier? Yeah, because then I don't have to count all the money and I would just swipe it and press the green button, swipe it out. I like it. Awesome. Well, we'll continue to do that. Everybody, she likes her debit card. It's fantastic. So, Zoe, let's jump into our reviews, all right? Oh, oh boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. We got three reviews since last month. So, Zoe, do your thing. Alexa, pick a number between one and three. Your random number between one and three is three. Excellent. Well, our third review comes in from Patty Loom, and she calls it my favorite personal finance podcast. That's a nice statement. So Zoe's going to read that review right now. I've been a longtime fan, and I love that podcast, Sensors. That's all around your values of marriage, kids, and money. Recently, I've been enjoying the bread and wine episodes with hearing your honest conversations with your wife. She is the best but also gives great examples for myself as a newlywed to communicate with my husband and better and better about all the things if we have in different opinions. Keep up the great work. Appreciate what you do. Awesome. Thank you so much, Patty. And Zoe, that was an excellent way of reading that longer than normal review. And Patty, thanks so much for writing that longer than normal review. We really appreciate your support and helping our little family business continue to grow. Now, Patty, I don't have your email, so please, if you could do me a favor, email Zoe and I at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com with a screenshot. I don't don't go there. You don't go there. No, Patty does. Patty's going to send a screenshot of the review, and that way we know who it came from, and that way we can send you the book that you want ASAP. And we're going to be doing this again next month, my friends, but with some new books. These are all from past podcast guests. And the first one is You Need a Budget by Jesse Meekum. The second one is The Dumb Things Smart People Do With Their Money by Jill Schlesinger. And the last one is from Erin Lowry, our recent guest. And she's got a great book called Broke Millennial Takes On Investing. And I really like that book. So these are three books that I think you all will enjoy. So please leave us review in Apple podcast and take a screenshot of that review and email me. (laughs) There's no stitcher anymore. Yeah. Email me at Andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or better yet, if you want to post it on social media, that'd be cool. In March, we've got a stacked month with incredible shows. Next Monday, March 8th, we've got Kim and Penn Holderness of Holderness Family fame. They're going to join us to discuss their new book, Everybody Fights. So why not get better at it? The Monday after that, March 15th, I'll be answering another listener question or two, and we'll be hearing from listener Juan, who shares how buying a simple term life insurance policy dramatically changed his life. 
And the Monday after that, March 22nd, Christina Ellis is going to share how parents can help their kids score thousands of dollars in scholarships this year and help them to graduate student debt free. And then the Monday after that, the last Monday of the month, March 29th, personal finance megastar Tiffany Aliche joins me to discuss 10 simple steps to becoming financially whole this year. And then, of course, every Friday, my friends, you'll be hearing more bread and wine episodes from me and my wife, Nicole. Nicole has taken over as creative director. and owns all the topics going forward. What we do on that show is talk about candid conversations between a husband and a wife. And we often disagree, which is kind of fun. And I think people are enjoying that based on the reviews we've been getting. So please check it out. Send us some feedback. Leave us a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail and let us know how we're doing. We really, really appreciate it, everybody. And just a reminder, we are a shade away from hitting 1 million downloads on this podcast. That just blows my mind. So thank you so much for your support. I can't wait to celebrate with you all when we cross that milestone. It's probably going to be next week. (laughs) You have made this little basement project of mine into something that has changed my life dramatically. So thank you so, so much. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Edwin Markham. Choices are the hinges of destiny. Your future awaits, my friends. Carpe diem. 